0: Hey, it's Tay. And I'm Kelly. Welcome to Dear Desert Diaries, where we have conversations about all things mental health and what can impact it.
1: But we feel we need to give you a disclaimer ahead of time that we aren't therapists and by no means giving professional advice, but we are here to share stories and to create a safe space for listeners just like you to not feel alone.
0: So grab your favorite drink. Don't let us distract you while you're driving. Stay safe in nature or whatever it is that you do while listening to us. And we'll be back. And we're back with Dear Desert Diaries. (laughs) Let's go ahead and kick it off with what's been on your mind lately.
1: Girl, okay. One thing that's been on my mind is how expensive sports (laughs) are for kids. Oh, yikes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So our oldest is in cheer. She loves it. She's in tumbling. She loves it. But good golly gosh, she's not even in competitive tier. I'm telling you right now, it's like, here, let me write a million dollars to you. I'm like, geez, it's so expensive. And we want to get our son in to something. He really wants to either get into jujitsu or hockey. Hockey, we have to wait until he's five. But um, jujitsu, you can start now. But again, it's so expensive. I'm like, how do people afford these things? So that's been on my mind. We're trying to negotiate uh, (laughs) with the kids. Like, okay, if we do this and you do that, we can only do these things. But you still got to do what you want. It's just not going to be at the level you want. Or how about you do it this this, uh, semester and then you get to do something next semester. It's so expensive. Well oh,
0: no. Yeah, and well it's a good thing the little one isn't um old enough to do things yet.
1: <laughs> Can you imagine? I am so <laughs> I'm fearful of how broke we're going to be when all three of them are in something. Like we that's our rule is I don't care what it is you have to do an extracurricular as far as long as it's like a sport related or um um art related like a theater, music, art um Extra, you know. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, an extracurricular that, you know, gets you out of the house and gets you doing something. And you can try whatever it is you want. If you don't like it, you move on to the next. Like Aubrey's on her fourth thing now and (laughs) we finally found it, but it's expensive. Uh, I
0: can only imagine. (laughs) And with the gear, especially hockey, I feel like hockey is going to be expensive having to get all of the – Guards, the sticks. Oh my goodness! Every single time I see somebody break their stick, like it's only happened once or twice, and when watching Kadian, but every time I see somebody break their stick, I'm like, wow. They're going to spend a lot of money buying a new one because, you know, it's the beer league, so (laughs) they're paying for everything themselves. And when I went to the hockey shop with him, I was like, oh, my
1: gosh, why are these so expensive? Yeah, they always say hockey is a rich man's sport because it is expensive. I mean, your skates are expensive. Your sticks are expensive. Everything is freaking expensive. Granted, if you take care of your gear, it's not – it kind of evens out, but, ugh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's on my mind. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> y'all because, yeah, that's, uh, that's got to be a lot to keep up with <laughs> and hard to negotiate with the kids.
1: <laughs> yeah, because you want to give them everything, you know, right. th- that you possibly can. But sometimes yeah. you just can't. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um. Well, the thing that's been on my mind lately is veganism. I don't even know if that's a proper – like, I'm not thinking about going vegan or anything. But once a week, there's horror night. So uh, a couple friends come over. And- Horror
1: night. I yes. thought you said whore night. I'm like, what does that have to do with vegans? <laughs> no. All your whores are vegans. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I was so confused. <laughs> so disrespectful. <laughs> I know. I was like, geez, Kelly, we're supposed to be creating a safe space. I mean, <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> shaming.
0: Well, I'm glad you clarified that because maybe it would have <laughs> sounded like that to other people. <laughs> um, no, just I'm curious. I don't know. I didn't have to, and he's mentioned this before. It's like you do not have to go out of your way to make something different. But I'm very intrigued on, like, making different things that are vegan. Like, the other week I made enchiladas, and I made vegan cheese. And to my surprise, it was – like, the cheese was actually really good.
1: (laughs) I wonder what is vegan cheese. Like, what is it made out of?
0: So the recipe that I followed had coconut milk. Nutritional yeast, which that sounds weird in itself, but it actually gives it that cheesy flavor. The weirdest ingredient that I put in it was sauerkraut juice, and I you know I I do not like sauerkraut. Like I I can only take small bits at a time. <laughs> but the juice with this mix, and I I feel like I'm missing some ingredients. I know there's something else in there, but I can't think of it. But those were the main ones, and um, agar powder. I, and tapioca f- powder, I think, th- are the other two. But all of that mixed together, um, it was so good. And I think the sauerkraut gives it, like, the tanginess that cheese has. Mm. The nutritional yeast gives it, like, a cheesy cheesier flavor. So, yeah. Can I just ask, why didn't you just buy vegan cheese? Because, ugh, okay, if you've ever tried vegan cheese – or just like non-dairy cheese in general, it tastes like cardboard.
1: <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. I've had to because when I was nursing my son, they thought he had this thing called milk soy protein intolerance, or MSPI for short, yeah. which means I would have to go dairy free. And so I can't like, you know, I love I love my milk. I love my cheese. Uh. Yeah. I know. It's kind of sickening, but (laughs) I love them. The cup of milk. The cup of milk is good. Okay. All y'all haters out there. Okay. (laughs) I like milk. I grew up on milk and I am I am dead ass serious. (laughs) I am positive. That's why my teeth moved so fast when I had braces because I have strong, healthy teeth.
0: Listen, I feel like maybe I don't like milk by itself without cookies is because I used to fall asleep with milk in a bottle in my mouth and i have like this tooth stain because it was a calcium stain at least that's what i was told i don't know if that's the truth but that's what i was told and so now i'm just like against milk not against milk but like against milk by itself
1: okay well don't go be falling asleep with a bottle of milk okay (laughs)
0: listen i don't do that anymore it's it's been like a few years
1: (laughs) hey i have those those calcium deposit things but that's because I fell on my face when I was a kid wow. and I busted my mouth like literally blood everywhere in the oh grocery store and it scarred my teeth. So they them scars on my teeth because of that. So yep. I don't agree with that. Calcium and milk and whatnot. Okay. I will fight this <laughs> tooth and nail. Anyway, we're going to circle back to this in the un- <laughs> section of this episode.
0: <laughs> That's Just what's try. on our mind. Okay.
1: <laughs> right. Transitioned Vegan. Go back to Vegan.
0: <laughs> um yeah, so I'm just uh curious about the uh, different recipes and I don't know, something about it.
1: You're not considering going vegan, but I think it's for your friends and you are such a kind heart, you're such a kind soul. Like you you are very thoughtful of other people. So, with that being said, if you do have really good vegan recipes that you like <laughs> and you want Kelly to try, <laughs> send them our way. Do it. Do it. Email us.
0: You know the email. Dear Desert Diaries, just in case. dot com. I do know. All right. Well, let's go ahead and open up our diaries and see what we got going on this week.
1: Dear Desert Diaries. Hey, it's Day here again. Wow, the second episode of 2023. This is crazy. Well, this week we're talking about safe spaces. And honestly, I felt like I lacked a safe space when I was a kid, when it came to my mental health. I didn't know what one would look like. I don't know what it should look like. I kept everything hidden in my heart, in my soul, in my mind. And honestly, I was very lost when it came to that. It wasn't until I got older and I realized that I'm not the only one suffering from anxiety. I'm not the only one suffering from OCD or paranoia for that matter. That's when I knew that the fact that I wasn't alone, that there are other people out there that I could talk to and we can console each other. Mm, Practically, we could relate to each other in a lot of cases. So one of my biggest sayings is I wanna create a safe space, not just for myself, not for my friends, but also for my kids too, especially in this day and age. I feel like it's so important to have a safe space where your kids can go and talk to you. Anyways, we'll dive deeper into that in the episode, but happy episode two of 2023. Love, Tay. Dear future self, I hope you're doing better
0: than the past. It's been a long journey and I know what you're thinking. If only you knew what was coming. The bad days aren't going away. Good days exist, but sometimes life gets overwhelming. When I was younger, the person I would always run to when I was having a bad day was my dad. It wasn't even that I would go into detail with him, but what he provided was the space. The space to just do something different and redirect the day that I was having into a positive ending. Sometimes he'd just exist and let me be in my mood without pushing me to talk. After he passed, it was no secret that I was the type of person that wanted to resolve internal struggles alone. I didn't want to burden others and I wanted to be the hero of my own story, but the biggest thing I did for myself to get to where I am today as far as my mental health was talking. Talking to friends, family, therapists, and sometimes even co-workers. So here's what I've learned so far. Just because they're close to you at the time and you hang out with them doesn't mean that they are safe for you to share your feelings. Some of the times where I felt relieved was with people I'd only known in passing or only hung out with in certain settings it's that in the moment feeling that makes you feel like this is a safe space
1: so obviously as y'all gathered this episode is about safe spaces so what does it look like to you kelly to have a space safe space like what is what does a safe space look like
0: I feel like it's different when it comes to different people. So like with my dad, I mentioned that he wasn't the space that I would look to if I wanted comfort. He was the safe space that I looked to when I wanted a distraction from my bad day or I wanted to do something different or just be in a mood. <laughs> that was the space that I went to when it came to, um, Maybe like as I got older, that safe space looked like my one of my best friends, Aubrey, and where I could talk and sh- I don't know, I think it's the way she words things that makes me feel validated, but also question why certain things were getting getting to me the way they did. So. I think it just depends on the person. Another friend that I met through hockey where she watches her fiance play in the same team that Katie plays on. We hadn't ever hung out outside of that hockey rink. (laughs) And we shared so many stories between each other and we've gone deep into our past. And it's not something I would have expected, but it just kind of happened. And so I think it's just the feeling inside where they're not quick to judge, I think, is one thing that is a sign for me that it's okay. And when they make me feel validated before I dive yeah, into I anything. Agree. And
1: it's like you said, it it can be different people for different topics or different times in your life. Um, I think that's awesome when it's someone completely unexpected and you guys just click, you know. I think that's so cool. Yeah. Cause that just shows that there's so many people out there, just very similar to us. That Again, we're not alone. Yeah. There is no superhero when it comes to dealing with mental health, when it comes to dealing with life. I mean, we're all human. We all make mistakes. We all learn from – well, I hope we all learn from our mistakes. You know, we have all had ups and downs and, you know, battles internally and externally. So I think it's really good to know that when you are speaking to someone that can relate, um, you know, that they – I think that's another thing is they need to be relatable. You know, you can't just talk to someone and have them, you know, basically be a know-it-all. No, I want you to relate to me. I want you to be here present with me. I want you to, like you said, not judge me. And, you know, I I am thankful. Uh, I don't remember if I was talking to you or Seth about it. If you were here now and going through what you were going through then, you know, what kind of friend would you need? And I was lucky. I grew up with one of the best people ever um you know you and i were both blessed we have really great best friends but um mariah she was always there for me and she is one of those people that she will tell you like it is if you need to hear it but she will also be 100% supportive of you um whatever it is that you were in at that moment so if you need you know a shoulder to cry on she's there if you're trying to determine you know, if this is a good decision, or should I or should I not do this? Like she's going to tell you, girl, that's a bad decision. Mm-hmm. You ain't going to do that. Like, do I have to smack you? Like, I'm gonna come over there and smack you. Oh, But she's also <laughs> like, no, you know, that's so awesome. I'm so proud of you. Yes, definitely go for it. You know, after we launched the podcast, she reached out. She's like, oh my gosh, this is so great. You know, she's one of those people. And for me, she's uh-huh. always been that safe, safe space. And then when it comes to like marriage and My mental health, even before marriage, mental health was really hard. My dad was the person I would go to and talk to because I knew that he had struggled with certain things in the past. So I found him to be relatable Mm -hmm. and he's not the type of person that's going to make you feel bad about yourself. But he will – like he's the type of person that likes to know – you know, why things work the way they do. And so that's also really intriguing as well. Like, oh, well, you know, if you think about it, your brain, blah, 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 you know, just things like that. I think that's really cool. So anyways, yeah. now that I went off on a tangent about that, um, I feel like you and I both are <laughs> very much similar when it comes to what kind of safe space we are looking for.
0: Yeah, and I think that's why, you know, it's easy to make this podcast with you because, I feel like I can talk about anything, literally anything, and I'm pretty sure we have yeah, talked about everything so. together. Yeah. A part of that also that made me think about it is the fact that you were able to be yourself and I felt like you weren't faking it or putting on on a show to like try and I don't know how to describe it, but you were you were yourself and it seemed authentic. And it didn't seem and like you were trying to be somebody you <laughs> um, not.
1: Plot twist. <laughs> um, you know, I think that's the other thing. It's so hard, I feel, to find someone that is so authentic, you know, that is their genuine self. And honestly, mm-hmm. it could be partly, you know, the way the world has shaped us to be put on different masks for different people, Um Yeah, Yeah, I mean, look at social media. It's not all sunshines and rainbows, people. You know, there are a lot of dark times. There's a lot of dark clouds in that sky. But you know what? If you can find someone, like you said, that is authentic, that you can trust, that you know is not going to judge you, those are your people. You hold them tight and never Mm -hmm. let them go.
0: Yes. And it's a good filter because you're not going to be that safe space for everyone. And that's okay because – Everyone has different personalities and is looking for different things in life. And if they aren't – if you aren't the person that that person wants to share their life with, then yeah, and I you think, just have to accept you know, like it. Yeah, and I think, like you
1: said, having a two-way street, that's very important. But there's also those friends. Like, you know, mm-hmm. oh, I'm just there to have a good time. Like, it's not – you're not gonna talk about anything serious. You're not gonna share things like that with them. You know they're you're just your go-to good time friends. And that's okay because we all need that. We all need to let loose. But you know, I think knowing the yes. difference and <laughs> how to differentiate the people because you can't go and just be unfiltered to everybody because <laughs> that might cause problems in the long right. run, too. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the space is created organically, so it now, shouldn't be. With forced. that being said,
1: um, do you think Do you have a safe space at work? That's a good
0: question. I feel like I do. There's one coworker that if, I mean, in my prior role before I moved, we're we're still in similar roles, but she was like my work bestie. We would always vent to each other when a process had changed and we weren't used to it and we just wanted to get out that new process frustration kind of thing she was also the person that uh that i could talk outside work when i was going through my divorce i had talked to her a little bit about it, it wasn't like divulging because you know we were on phone at work kind of things felt weird that's the only thing that made it not safe for me to dive into it but her as a person i felt completely safe if we were to take this offline on our cell phones i definitely would have gone into it a little bit deeper but I'm on a brand new team, so I don't really – we've been all working together for almost a year now, and we all come from different spaces, whether it's outside of the company or within the company. So I don't
1: have, like, that kind of space within my team, but – That's kind of how I felt back we'll at see. the the company that I used to work for. Um, you know, I had those people that I could vent to, and I still have people – from that company that you know, I I sit there and I talk to and you know we'll vent even about our current companies or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I had that and it was so nice that I kind of took it for granted because when I moved over to this company, as uh, although I love my team and I do I like I'm blessed with a great leadership. I am I'm blessed with great coworkers. I don't feel like I have the same like I don't have the work bestie. You know I don't have that which is. Kind of weird for me because I'm the type of person that I'm friendly to everyone and I'm that type of person that, like, I'm always willing to help. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think today was the first day that I've actually really, truly vented about anything. And that was to one of my other coworkers. And it was nice to have that. And she, you know, kicked it back, like, oh, girl, we need to vent because if we don't, we're going to explode. So yeah. that, that made me feel good. But I feel like I'm still creating that, or I guess, safe space in that sense we were such a small team too so that's the other thing it's like i don't they all live in texas i live Mm. here i'm the only one here so for me that's just yeah (laughs) so they went into the office uh back in december for office work party and here i am like i have no idea like i think that's also what i'm lacking is i don't have that bond whereas i was able to create that bond previously at my other company because i worked directly with them like in person so yeah
0: Oh, that that does make it tough. I will agree with you there. I wasn't close with my team until we did a Boston team trip, and that's where I got to know everybody. You know, we they got to take off their work hat, and we got to get to know each other as people. <laughs> and so, I I do think there's something said about in office work, but I don't think I would ever want to go back in office. But I I do like the camaraderie that the in-office kind of environment brings.
1: Okay. So I guess then my next question is how how would you create that? You know, like whether it be at work, which I've been really struggling with, mm-hmm. or like in your personal life, is it just something like you automatically know? Yeah. Or like what kind of recommendations would you have? So I feel like at work
0: is a little different because you want to – at least for me, I should say, I want to maintain that um, boundary where I don't want them to know too much, but I still want them to know that I'm, I'm human and have an outside life and struggles and all this stuff, yada, yada, yada. I think that my current company does a good job at creating multiple spaces through the diversity groups. They have that space to inform people. They have the space to connect and network with other people, uh, mentor other people, so I don't always go to them just because work is just so busy. but when I have gone to them, it's just really nice to hear the genuine conversations because you hear all this talk about corporate um you know companies just using. These groups, as or I should say, diversity and inclusion as a PR move. And while I think maybe on the overarching thing, I can see that, but within these little subset of groups, there's real people starting great conversations, having the conversations that need to be had, and breaking down barriers. So that part I'm thankful for because I've learned a lot about my coworkers and I feel like I was in good spaces to share more about myself too.
1: See, and that – at my other company, I was part of the leadership of the diversity and inclusion that basically brought all the other ERGs and – what is that? Employee something engagement. resource groups. Those. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so I was a part of like the leadership to bring all of them together. But I think although we had great conversations when people would actually show up or – you know, be online to listen. Mm -hmm. The one thing that I feel like really lacked when it came to the diversity inclusion groups was that there was never an actual true follow up. So Mm. that's how I feel like those people get that oversight of, oh, okay, yeah, you're gonna sit here and you're gonna say, oh, yeah, it's, you know, whatever ethnicity month, and you're going to give me those facts, but you're sending an email. You're not actually having a conversation. So the people that are having conversations are the people that are already in the group. But if you're going to want to sit there and spread this information to the company, you need to do it in such a way where you're having the follow-up, where you're having genuine conversations. So if you have like a team, you can actually take what it is that you have learned Mm -hmm. and discuss it in your group. I feel like that is going to, open up conversations. And it might start out kind of strange at first, especially if you're on a new team, but it's still going to give you the space to speak your mind when it comes to those things and open the conversation. Um, You know, And you'd be surprised at how many people either had the same views or differing views, but are able to have a conversation you guys can learn from each other. And I felt like that was lacking. And I think that's where that idea comes from, where people are like, oh, it's just a PR move.
0: Mm, yeah, that does make sense. It's just like another checkbox that you have to mark off. Exactly. Yeah, I do. So, sadly. I, that's a, <laughs> yeah, I know. That's a good point with the follow up. And I think you're talking about taking it back to like smaller groups is so we have like, you know, branches from the main groups that are delivering these messages and it's supposed to trickle down. Um, depending on, you know, if the if a person happens to be in this group and is in a team where they provide that kind of space. I know my new team, they talked about having a an area on like our huddle board to have these kind of topics. But in my old team, we used to have weekly talks around a a million different conversations when it comes to diversity. And I, I led that discussion, whereas this group, my boss had talked about me bringing that over from that team, but I'm just like, yeah, I, I agree. And I want to have those conversations, but I don't feel like I have that safe space to like talk about that yet. Only because I don't know. I I think this might be an unconscious bias for me. I just feel like not everyone is open-minded. At least I'm not convinced yet that they would be open-minded to it, um, to certain topics at least. So, I feel more reserved because I don't want to alienate myself in my career. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I mean, I'm at that point right now in my current position with my current team. I'm I'm very much the class clown when it comes to things because that's how I'm able to get people to engage with each other mm-hmm. because I sometimes I just talk about the most random topics or I'll make random jokes, you know, usually at my boss's expense, but that's after I've tested him out to make sure that he's can handle it and he gives it right back. And, and I think that's also really important too, when it comes to creating a safe space is that you are not so serious all the time. Like you are human, you know, he's human, she's human, you know, we're all human and we can joke and we can laugh. It can't be all professionalism all the time. And so I started uh, on this team and I felt like we had a team chat, but it was very quiet. Mm -hmm. And so I just started putting things in there. Like I put a lot of gifts in there or I put like, oh my gosh, did you all see Wednesday? That was the best. Uh, You know, and so we started a conversation like that. And now I've seen it trickle over into the team huddles where we're, you know, talking about like how we do – What's happening this week? Or, mm-hmm. you know, oh my gosh, what's been on your mind? Because this has been crazy or whatever, you know? Um, yeah. So I've been noticing that's trickling and I feel like we're slowly creating that safe space. But I'm not at that point yet. Like I mentioned that we've had a podcast and that I'm a huge mental health advocate um, because I'm a mental health warrior. And I wanted to extend that to everybody. But I felt like it was one of those things. We're like, oh, wow, that's cool. And I had mm-hmm. one person on the team reach out. And say they listen, but I just feel like we're not really at that point where we're comfortable sharing um, like serious things.
0: Right. Yeah, I feel you there. So we had talked about some different things that make us feel comfortable and what maybe triggers us to
1: share more. What are some things that cause you to put up barriers? So this second, someone is very standoffish. I immediately put up a barrier. Hmm. I'm not going to want to sit here and talk to someone that is going to have such a harsh opinion of things. Mm-hmm. Like I'm I, no, nope. Yeah. I'll just shut down. Uh, like if you're not going to take any input that I've ever said into account, then I can't. I can't open up to you.
0: Yeah, I agree with you there because I immediately put up a barrier if it's all been surface conversations. And sometimes, you know, when it's when I get when you're first meeting somebody, you, you're, you're going to have those surface conversations. Right. I, and I'll be the person to kind of try to go below and see how they handle it. But if I'm the only one that's like going under the surface and sharing more and they're just reacting to it and not sharing back, I think, it's like, OK, well, I'm just going to stop here because I don't I don't know anything about you. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And, and that's so funny because I get that visual of touching your toe in the water to check the the water temperature. Is it good or is it not? You know, am I ready to dive in or am I just going to stay here in the shallow end? Yeah, exactly.
0: It's like, no, nope, I'm just going to uh, dip my feet in the water and then get
1: back out. Yeah. And I think too, I mean, it's so important to have someone that is going to provide that good feedback. But I think that's also part of like realizing what, like what, type of friend you have is what category does that make sense like this Mm -hmm. friend is just my hang around have a good time friend and this friend over here is my friend you know who can console me when I need it and vice versa yeah yep I totally understand that gosh you know thinking about it like talking about it rather makes me wonder like how did kid, how did we do it as kids Honestly, you know?
0: I was literally just talking to Katie and about it because we were talking about making friends as adults and I, it was I was like, yeah, you. it's not as easy to make friends as adults. I told him the story when I was watching my best friend's little girl for a day, I took her to the mall and she's three or was turning three at that time. She knows how to talk. She knows how to have conversations, but we went to the mall and she was just kind of running around on this like little platform with music playing all by herself. And then another little girl comes up and runs and they, without saying a word, they just stare at each other they smile and then they start chasing each other. They're like instant friends. Yes. Yeah. And can you imagine – I was like, can you imagine if I ran up to you, stared at you we just smile at each other I'd start chasing you? <laughs> like that, that, You'd be running away from me and I would be like, yeah, we're having fun.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. But it's so – like it is. Why is it so hard to make yeah. friends as an adult? Is yeah. it because we're like so judgy? Is it because like we don't want to be judged? Like what is it? Life has hit us. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> Oh, speaking of that, that's definitely my unfiltered for the day. Ooh, let's go into it. Making friends as an adult, <laughs> a.k.a. Um, making friends as a mom. Like, I, oh, man. So I have a really hard time making friends. I'm very much a friendly person. I'm very outgoing. I'm very welcoming. I'm very loving. People talk to me and come to me and tell me things. But here's the thing. <laughs> I don't have people I hang out with. The only person I hang out with aside from Mariah like twice a year is you, Kelly. Like you're my friend, but I mean like we don't like we don't go out. We don't have fun. We don't do these things and I think too as like a mom it's so hard because you guys don't have kids. You yeah. know, and I feel like there's also a disconnect when it comes to kids. You know, you guys get to do the things that you want after your chores or errands are done. You yeah. know, we have chores and errands, but we have kids, so we can't go do the things we want necessarily. Yeah. And the other people that do have kids, it's like yeah, it's great, but do we want I don't know. It's like it's I always have I always try and get people to bring their kids over to me because I know how important it is to have that alone time and that free time and that mental health time to mm-hmm. yourself or with your husband or significant other and they try and do the opposite like they're like no 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 let me take them because they too know how important it is and it's like but then we don't ever hang out like why don't we hang out together we can take it on together so instead of I don't I don't know I just feel so weird and like trying to I don't know it's I feel awkward I feel like I don't have (laughs) much in common with some like other moms I don't know why because we are doing motherhood together, but it's like yeah. at the same time we're doing it next to each other. Mm. And I don't know. I don't know. Like Aubrey's best friend. Her mom has and so she has another friend from school too. They they both have the girls in cheer. And so we have Aubrey and Tumbling, so they get to see each other and whatnot. But I'm sitting there like they're all talking and they've known each other for years. And I'm like, I don't I will interject every now and then, but I'm like, I don't really know like y'all talking about getting to go to Mexico. And I'm like, I'm over here broke. I can't go to Mexico. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's like one of those things too. Like they are so nice. And I love talking to them. But when they talk about things like that, I'm like, can't relate. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, "Ah." I don't want to try and force myself to pretend that I'm able to go do these things. Like that's awesome that they get to but Man, I'm sitting here quiet, twiddling my thumbs while they're having the conversation. I feel left out. (laughs) (laughs) If I were in your
0: shoes, I would be hesitant on making other mom friends because it's like unsolicited advice from other moms, too.
1: Yeah, that's the other thing. Uh, It's like you want to find someone that's going to be like, oh, girl, I totally relate. Don't worry about the dishes. My laundry looks like that, too. mm -hmm. It's in a pile in your room. Mine, too, girl. But The chances of actually like finding someone that's willing to admit that is so hard. I feel (laughs) like, and I don't want to. I don't want to test the waters. I don't want to be judged, and that's part of who I am. Like, I don't want you to judge me. I know. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So that's your unfiltered. (laughs)
1: Mm -hmm. Can you tell I'm a little heated? It should be called heated. Okay, heated. I know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we could because my unfiltered, um, (laughs) which is. Not as uh, serious, but doorbells.
1: What? (laughs) Doorbells or Adora bells? Nope. Doorbells. You don't like when people ring your doorbell?
0: I just don't like doorbells in general, you know? Like, what's the point? (laughs) I don't answer my door anyway, and I don't – like, if I'm getting something DoorDash, I put in the notes – multiple times different ways do not knock on the door do not ring the doorbell <laughs> and if you are coming over and i know you're coming over you're going to text me when you're here or you'll knock on the door but
1: just the that's doorbell. true i yeah. do knock on the door you have a doorbell but i knock on your door yeah. that's weird i didn't even think about that yeah i must know in- intuitively <laughs> that you don't like doorbells <laughs> right yeah
0: so it's like i know Um, If it's somebody that I don't want at my house, it's because they're
1: ringing the doorbell because
0: they really want my attention, you
1: know? (laughs) Yeah. Hmm. You know, I, I can play off that. I cannot stand when someone comes to the house that is not invited, you know, whether it's a delivery driver or one of those telemarketer Wait, are they called telemarketers?
0: No, salesmen.
1: Yeah, one of those door-to-door salesmen people. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And the dogs are barking their heads off. No. So clearly, yeah. I know you're there. And nope. then you have the audacity to ring the doorbell and yep. make them go more insane. Like, oh my dude, gosh, yeah. Like, I know you have a job to do. Please don't ring the doorbell if the dogs already barking. Like, I know you're there. And if I'm not coming to the door when the dogs are barking, I'm not coming to the door. Okay. <laughs> exactly. I'm not coming to the door tour wait what's that from um it's from bring it on oh but not the actual line but you know tour yeah torrance you know it's been a while since i've seen that (laughs) i used to love that movie since we were talking about cheer like literally i used to love that movie and i want aubrey to watch it but it's too inappropriate
0: oh yeah once she gets older
1: (laughs) although i don't know is it because i let her watch the cheer shows and stuff on netflix They're really fun to watch, but... I haven't gotten into it. (sighs) Don't start. You'll get hooked if you do. Anyways, so yeah. That's all we got for you guys. Create a safe space, but be aware... No, no.
0: Create a safe space. Be yourself. Let things happen organically. Mike freaking drop. As always, if you enjoy topics surrounding mental health, be sure to subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts like, and follow our Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. And lastly, if you have a story
1: you want to share or want to reach out to us, visit our website at deardesertdiaries.com. Until next time, continue to lean on your support system and keep your mental health in check. And we'll talk to you on the next episode.